every decision that we made for this next stage of the business was because we tested it beforehand. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's great to have you here. And we've got two amazing um, startup e-commerce entrepreneurs coming up to share their story with you. And whilst they are a startup, man, oh man, is there a lot we can all learn from what they've experienced so far, how they're growing their business and uh, the kind of the structures they've put around it. It's very, very intriguing business. And I found them hugely insightful and I cannot wait to see where they take it next. But you will learn a lot just from this. Huge thanks to Rob Edlin from Nidux, who gets a kind of a mention as we go through the podcast because he's as well as being great at all things Google. So Google Analytics, GA4, Google Ads, all those kind of good things. He's also a fisherman these days. So um, he introduced me to today's guest. That's Rob Edlin from Nidux. Thank you, Rob. Um, and we are going to be discussing some really key stuff around what e-commerce, which which relates to how I think the e-commerce world is going to evolve in the future. So we're talking about scarcity. We're talking about um, sustainability in, we're not mentioning it a lot, but we're kind of talking about it the whole way through. We're talking about the power of word of mouth. We're talking about the need to have a minimum viable product and then build the next one and then build the next iteration. So building what you need at the right point in your business's existence. Um, lo just There's just loads of very cool stuff coming up in this episode. So please make sure you listen to the end so you don't miss out on my guest's top tips, which are, you know, frequently described as the best bit of the show and my own take on this episode. We're now live with Chloe's e-commerce club, my new free online club where the whole e-commerce master plan audience can come together. The point of the club is to help you all improve your e-commerce businesses, to help you solve your marketing challenges, to get supplier recommendations, learn new tactics and much more. We're starting simple and focusing on that core of helping us all get through this challenging year, but we've got lots lined up for the coming months and I'm sure we'll add more things based on your needs and feedback. It really is a club all about you and supporting your business. And yes, I will personally be hanging out in the club Monday to Friday to help you. So how can you join me in the club? Well, just go to ecmp.info forward slash club. It's totally free to join. So come and join me and hundreds of our listeners at ecmp.info forward slash club. And now to introduce today's special guests. Nick Jefferson and Ella Cooper are the co-founders of Wild Market, a Shopify store selling wild food that's open for just 12 hours a week. Yes, you heard that right, 12 hours a week. Founded in January 2022, they now have nine producers live on the site, 1,500 customers and regularly sell out each week. Hello, Nick. Hi, how are you doing? Great to be here. Thank you for having me. Awesome to have you on. And hello, Ella. Hello. Thank you for having us. Uh, well, it's when I heard of your site, I was like, oh, I love a bit of constraint and scarcity. I've got to get these guys on. So um, rather than me wax lyrical about that, how did you two get started in e-commerce? So e-commerce really was the solution to a problem that 
I had. I, I, um, I mean, my story is uh, my wife and our two kids and I went to live in Spain for six years and we went right down the food rabbit hole there and were very interested in knowing where our food came from. We came back to London and that was much, much harder to do. In fact, I couldn't get any fishmonger, for example, to tell me where the fish that I was buying from him or her was actually from. And so uh, I thought there must be uh, a way to solve this, and that must be through through tech. So our platform, very simply, is uh, it's a marketplace. It connects producers, and there are, you know we have the world's best wild food in this country. Um, and by that I mean fish, I mean shellfish, I mean meat. So people doing those um, uh, doing that work, connecting them with people who value what they do. Um, so it's a very simple technological solution to a problem that I, and I now know others uh, have had because that's why people have, have flocked to the site since we launched it. And did either of you have e-commerce experience before coming to this brand or was this like a, just a total step into the unknown? A little bit of e-commerce experience. I, my background before Wild was retail um, and sort of managing boutique stores. Um, sort of a sort of upmarket clientele, um, and then also a little bit of experience with uh, an online um, e-commerce florist uh, subscription service. Um, so tech wasn't necessarily my expertise beforehand, but we've we've got through that, and um, yeah, we've used with my retail experience. And so we did uh, an MVP uh, in the spring where we used an online platform uh, called Arcadia, which was um, marketplace specific, uh, which served its purpose in the spring. We had quite a small tester um, customer base and we moved to Shopify for the next stage of the business, which has just been brilliant to, to sell on. It's been very easy to set up, very easy to use. We've had only um, Sort of good feedback from our customers on the platform so far um so it's been great and i find it interesting you chose shopify because there are such a such a booming industry in marketplace software at the moment what was it that that made shopify the right choice when it's not specifically for marketplaces it's a good question um in the end the marketplace software a, a lot of marketplace software uh, as you know chloe is developed around the vendors being able to kind of input their data into that system. Our marketplace model um, is, is managed. So we take care of a lot of that stuff for our producers because these guys are out fishing, they're out hunting, they're out foraging. They're not sitting at kind of computer screens like lots of the rest of us are. And frankly, even if they are, their kind of patience slash ability to work something like Arcadia, as we discovered, was pretty limited. So it's that thing of it looks like a marketplace from the front end, but behind it's just really a standard e-commerce store because you're doing all the product listing as such. Yes and no, although it, it, legally it is a marketplace. I mean, we don't hold any stock, right? So, so our, our um, producers are selling direct to the people who are, who are buying from them. I love the fact you did the MVP, the minimum viable product launch in the beginning to see if there was a market for it, because I think so often... Um, brands get so caught up in creating the ultimate perfect platform, marketplace content, everything else, that they never actually do that bit of customer feedback. So has that that MVP site in the early stages, did that really impact how you've then built the business out? 
100% every decision that we made for this next stage of the business was because we tested it beforehand. Uh, one of our advisors, um, it's a great guy, he, he's um, in the tech business and he just said this, he, he always relates it to your MVP being your skateboard and then the next stage of the business is the scooter and then fully fledged business is the car. So building our skateboard was absolutely crucial. Um, and, and probably one of the reasons why we have the market only open um, for 12 hours a week, going with what Nick was saying about it being a managed marketplace. Um, with our producers, we still have to manage them in the background ourselves. So chasing them when they're busy, interesting people that you know aren't always on their phones or or their um, or their laptops. You know, we have a set sort of time windows that we get in contact with them, and it it works for everyone this way. Yeah, I wanted to get onto that 12 hour window because it. when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that's a cunning marketing tactic. And then I thought a bit more and I thought, oh, actually, from an ops perspective, that makes life so much more straightforward for yourselves and for your producers, who are people who are out hunting and fishing most of the time and are not standing somewhere waiting for um, you know, someone to place an order. So which was the bigger driver, the marketing or the ops standpoint? Ops, 100%. It was all about the logistics. Um, and we were slightly concerned when we launched that we were only open for that 12-hour window. The customer feedback we've had pretty much every week since um, has been that people love that concentrated buying experience. There's something about the window kind of opening. I mean, we, we loved your uh, podcast with Mindy um, uh, Weinstein uh, about scarcity. Um, so they, they they love it, but it wasn't driven by that at all. It was it was driven by a logis- logistical necessity. Yes, you can't. I can, I can imagine it. It's a lot more attractive to to a fisherman if they know on Wednesday evening or Thursday morning that's when they get their orders. They can pick, pack, dispatch. Job is done. Get back to the busy job of actual fishing straight afterwards. So so do you think it helps you recruit new producers? I think so. I think it's a really attractive proposition for them. The MVP helped with this as well, because we realised in asking them, they they want to do the bare minimum with with us, which is fair enough, because time is money for them. They need to be going out and um, securing their produce. It strikes me that it's also I love it when people understand the seasonality of their business. Like this is the time of year when we do X, this is the time of year when we do Y, because understanding it in my business has, has made life an awful lot easier and it, you know, your day to day becomes a lot easier. But I'm assuming given, you know, you have Wednesdays is the day you're selling. Does that mean you kind of have a different focus each day of the week? Because it made your own workloads a bit easier to deal with when there's that rhythm to the business. I think that's a, a really interesting point, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's taken time to set into this new stage of the business um, since opening, since launching this proper marketplace. um, We've got a real flow of things now. Um, The whole of Thursdays are taken up with us traveling to Devon and to Cornwall. We do there and back in one day. So they're quite yeah, it's quite... You can't see me, audience, but I just just, just making the face of, ooh, 
because having lived in Cornwall for a long time, London to Cornwall and back in the day is heavy duty, especially if you're doing meetings. So I, I take my theoretical hat off um, to you guys on that one. But are you going to say, say a bit more about your, your weekly rhythm there? Yeah, so um, we've got our uh, production and operational days, which are in, on Thursdays when we're packing the orders. Um, Wednesday is a big day for just controlling the market, answering customer queries. We get fishermen and um, other producers messaging us throughout the day saying, I've got this, I've got that to put on site. So there's a little bit of admin involved there. Um, and, and also alerting customers, like Nick has to uh, email everybody on sort of quite short notice to say, this has just come in, you know, get your hands on it. Um, and then sort of Monday, Tuesday, admin days for us, it's about securing new producers, um, getting new items uh, on the marketplace. Uh, which takes a lot of time recruiting new producers because you have to you have to see them. We've had a magic number of seeing them at least three times before they would actually feel comfortable and come on board uh, with us. And yeah, and then Fridays are just our, our customer service days and making sure that everyone's happy with their orders, which they are. So it's good. Yeah, but I think people listening will be going, what, you, you just have days where you deal with those things. You don't have to do it all every hour of every day. <laughs> it's like there, there's a lot to be said from that, that focus, isn't there? There, there? there is. And like I said a few moments ago, it's not something that we planned, but it does mean that we, we know Friday mornings, for example, are, you know, we're, we're here ready to deal with any challenges that might have arisen with, with deliveries and the like. And it just makes the week easier to plan. So we know there are certain days where we have time to think about strategy, time to talk to investors, all this kind of stuff. It, it, it does, I hadn't actually thought about it in this way until you brought it up just now, but it does really help us marshal our own time, which when you're a startup, as lots of folk listening to this will appreciate, is is the ultimate kind of premium, really. It's, it's very easy to be a busy fool in any e-commerce business it, it you know the, the the success especially in the early stages is focusing on what you should be focusing on rather than focusing on what you could because the could list is kind of infinite um Ella, i wanted to come back to something you were saying about how much work goes into finding the producers because i think people often think a marketplace is an easier way of doing e-commerce because you don't have to produce product you don't have to go and source pro you know you're not sourcing and buying product you the product will just automatically come because everyone will love the idea that you've created this marketplace and you can just focus on the selling but the producers is a huge amount of of workload to get them right to get the right people on board and, and get them selling I, i'm guessing absolutely um when we started we had one or two fishermen's numbers that we basically found online and then you know had to chase them to the harbor side where they were jumping off their ship to sort of oh, their ship their vessel um to speak to us and it took yeah about three three or four meetups with them to explain what we were trying to do to gain their trust um and since those initial meetings they more producers are coming to us because they hear that their you know, their friends are, are selling and, and you know making a tidy profit from wild so they are a little bit more inclined to trust us now. Whereas initially we've just, the two guys from London that turned up and I don't know, <laughs> they were interesting meetings. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I must admit, I, I I am Cornish. I have, I live not far from, from fishing areas. I know some fishermen, but 
The idea of going out and talking to them when they're in fishing mode scares the, scares the bejesus out of me. So I'm, you know, and, and I can put the accent on quite authentically when I'm not doing my posh podcasting voice. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. And it doesn't surprise me it took a couple of meetings. Um, but we've talked about how, you, you know, you're dividing the work across the day. What does your team look like? Is it just the two of you? How are you dividing responsibilities? Have you got other people now working for you? It's very lean here. So it's just the two of us at our kind of, Headquarters is too grand a phrase for, for where we are, uh, but it's just the two of us here in London. And then we have a, a team down in um, the southwest uh, of England, Exmouth, which is our kind of pick, pack and dispatch hub. Uh, and we have four people working there on Thursdays. So it's a very, very lean model that we run. And that, of course, is one of the beauties of the marketplace model. Yes, you can, because you haven't got quite so much interaction with the stock it can be quite lean and and what we have what we failed to say is that that you you are here in london you're in the uk and you're you're only selling to the uk aren't you for what are kind of obvious reasons but let's just be clear <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's very difficult uh, these days to export um food to, to to all sorts of countries and and actually the market here in the uk is is sufficiently big that we you know we've really got to kind of focus on that first um People now, we, we've hit a point, I think, where people are fed up with what I call big food. They're fed up with supermarkets, those kind of soulless um, aisles of, of food wrapped in plastic packets that will last forever. And I think there is a desire to reconnect with, you know, the land and the seas that surround us. Um, so, so this enables folk to do that. And Ella, from that minimum viable product piece that you did at the beginning did that has has that influenced your marketing strategy and your growth strategy because to have 1500 people already waiting every wednesday to buy is is a serious achievement for you know the small number of months you've been going so far so i guess what i'm trying to say is have you got any marketing tips that you could share with the audience on on what you've been doing so far that you're that you're willing to share yeah i think our biggest tip would be to look after the customers you've currently got because very similar well similarly to our producers once the producers are doing well they'll tell their friends who are also coming on board to do well it's the same story with our customers if they're happy and they've got this interesting thing that every wednesday they they log on and they see that there's you know new produce in something that they've not heard of before They'll order it, they'll do dinner parties for their friends. Their friends will then say, you know, where did you get this amazing produce from? And then they'll hear about Wild and they'll share it with their friends. And, and so long as we're maintaining those customer relationships, we will continue to grow and it will be meaningful customers and meaningful purchases. The customers are the best for recruiting more customers because their friends are very similar to them and know what they like. So, yeah. And I would, I would assume some of them are buying your produce to create a brilliant dinner party on Saturday night. So where did you get this venison slash cod slash prawn slash lobster? Oh, you must hear about this amazing website. Well, I think, I think it's that. And I think, you know, I've got this kind of stock phrase of every food has a story, right? And it's connecting the stories of the producers with the stories of the, of, of the consumers. So one of the things that has definitely worked for us on the marketing side is user generated content. So folk get their, get their kind of produce, it arrives, and they make these amazing creations with it. I mean, we're properly inspired by what our customers are doing with the food that they're, that they're getting through us. Um, and then they post pictures of them. They talk to their friends about it. And, you know, I, I love making the comparison between Rob, who's a fisherman in Cornwall, 
with with Davina, who's a customer in Kent, and connecting the stories of those two humans. That's really what our um, platform is all about. And we get such a kick when we're coming back on a like a Thursday evening from Devon, having you know seen all of the packing of the boxes, knowing that the next morning. When, on Friday, when somebody's order is going to turn up, that that evening they're going to be sitting down to the food that we've been packing. Like it's a really lovely feeling. Um, yeah, definitely connected to them in that way. And whilst it's not kind of, you know, a, a big sustainability play with the business, it is sustainability is one hundred percent kind of at the core of everything you you do, isn't it? Totally. It's about um, eliminating waste from food uh, and and the food uh, that we eat. So, uh, you know, your typical fish that you see in a fishmonger's will have, you know, I think Ella said to me the other day, the fish in that supermarket is better travelled than me. It's been all over the country. It's been driven around at great kind of environmental cost, kept in warehouses with all sorts of kind of refrigeration lights. The, the fish and, and, and the other produce that you receive when you buy through wild comes straight from the person that fished, foraged or, or, or hunted it straight to you. Uh, and so I think that does make a big difference. We are not a sustainability business, but sustainability is at our core, definitely. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. This episode is brought to you by Tidio, the top-rated customer service platform on Shopify. Tidio enables you to manage all your communication channels in one dashboard, making it super easy for your support team to handle all customer inquiries. Tidio AI helps you automate more than 40% of support responses and increases your sales by recommending products and offering discounts to your website visitors. Increase customer satisfaction and sales with personalised shopping experiences. Visit ecmp.info forward slash Tidio, that's T-I-D-I-O, and start using Tidio now. Plus, get an exclusive discount for e-commerce masterplan podcast listeners by using the promo code masterplan. Do you, like me, have a bit of a software tools habit? Well, I love a good tool and the impact it can have on my business. For me, a good tool is one that solves a problem we have, that can save me and my team time, that improves performance and where the price is 100% worth it. That's why I've always got an eye on the latest tools to appear on AppSumo. Not heard of it? AppSumo is a site where you can buy key software tools for your business once and own them forever. For example, we use a tool I bought from AppSumo in 2020 for $49 to schedule all our Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook posts. In fact, whilst creating and promoting this very episode, me and the team will have used at least 10 tools I've bought from AppSumo. I'm a big fan. So go on, check out what's on offer right now by going to ecmp.info forward slash AppSumo. That's ecmp.info slash A-P-P-S-U-M-O. And I bet you'll find a brilliant solution for at least one of your problems. Go to ecmp.info forward slash AppSumo. It's time for the Top Tips Round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. Nick and Ella, are you ready for the top tips? I'm ready. Bring them on. 
Okay, here we go then. Uh, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? I believe, Ella, you've got us the answer on this one. So I do have a book and I think your listeners will be happy because it's a relatively short and pleasant read um, so they can have the rest of their Friday off after they've finished it. Um, the book is called Ikigai. Uh, I'm probably butchering the pronunciation, but it's a book by Hector Garcia. And um, Ikigai is the Japanese phrase uh, for reason to live. And what this book does is it takes your skills and your needs and your desires. And in the center of all of those things, it finds your reason to live. And I think in terms of starting businesses and finding inspiration, having your ikigai, your reason to live, really solid in mind is the most helpful thing for that, um, especially for this business and what we do, um, just believing in creating a, it sounds very hippie, but creating a better world. Like I come to work every morning and I know what I'm doing is doing good. It's doing good for the fishermen that are making, you know, more money from their produce. It's doing good for fish that aren't being tortured in horrible fish farms. And it's doing good for the customers that are actually eating the freshest fish that they can get from the waters in this country. Um, so I think that it's a, it's a nice read um, and it'll be good for your listeners. So that's why. I think you're so right, because if if you're trying to do a startup, it's hard enough if it doesn't align with what you actually want to achieve as a human being. Um, you know, just doing it for making money, you will burn yourself out, people. There has to be more. So I love I love that, especially a short read. Always up for a short read. So thank you for that one, Ella. Uh, the traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? And Nick, you've got us an answer on this one. Word of mouth. I think it's huge. Um, I've learned the hard way that Instagram likes don't equal kind of pounds in the bank. Um, but word of mouth is, I mean, particularly for what we do, you just can't beat people sitting around a dinner table and saying, this fish is amazing, this venison's amazing, where does it come from? And not only can our customers tell them where it comes from, they can show them a photo of the person that fished it or hunted it and tell them a bit about their story. That for us is, is golden. Um, we need to do much more than that in order to grow. But um, word of mouth is the thing that I think is most underrated. Humans trust other humans so underrated by so many businesses and if you can and then then people think it's just about installing an app that will give people points or something but it's it's so much more if you can if you give them the story to tell that makes them feel good that makes the their recipient feel oh love it brilliant answer okay the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient day to day? And we're back to Ella for this one. This is probably an old fashioned answer. Um, I did have a think about various platforms that we've used that have been helpful, like Monday and all of these kind of things. But actually, when I think about it, I think it's just being present all the time and being in office together and i say in office uh, being in the car on these drives to cornwall and devon is when we have our best strategy sessions um our biggest ideas or our most successful ideas have come from these long car journeys um but i think 
yeah, I'd say it's just this communication and, and being able to spark ideas off each other in the same space is, is the most helpful thing. I mean, obviously working from home has its its place, but yeah. We, we find we get significantly more done uh, and we have better ideas when we're physically together, mm. for sure. There is something about being around the same table or being stuck in the same car on the M and the M5, um, which it, it creates more of a breathing space. I mean, I love the fact that a Zoom call is really efficient, but it doesn't create the breathing space for how are you? Do you want a cup of tea? And all those those bits, which which that easier brain time is so often where the good stuff comes from. So, yeah, that's that's not old fashioned at all. And I think that's actually something we all need to hear at the moment. Um, OK, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1000, what would be your number one tip for them? Look after those 100 really, really, really well. It goes back really to what I was saying about word of mouth. Um, it's very easy to overlook the in quotes risks that those people took to come to your business in the first place. Um, look after them. And there's been a couple of times where I've had to be kind of reminded by our own advisors to look after our, our early adopters. And it's been advice that I've really, really appreciated because they are spot on. Those 100, if you look after them well, and we bend over backwards to give great customer service to, to our customers, we'll go out and get you the, the next 900 if you play your cards right. Yeah, such good advice, always in e-commerce and especially in um, in the way the e-commerce world is changing at the moment, and the way the market's changing, the competition levels are going up and I'm not going to bore you all with it again, but totally something that should be on your to-do list in 2023 to make sure you're looking after your existing customers. Um, Nick and Ella, you've both been fantastic. Before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can take a look at your business on the web and social media and maybe even if they're in the UK, grab some lovely produce yes so if they go on www.wild.market and they should do this on a wednesday 7 a.m till 7 p.m um and we've also got a 20 percent off code for your listeners uh i believe the code is master plan uh all one word in capitals uh, and that will run for the whole of march that they can get 20 percent off all of their produce they can also follow us on Instagram and the handle is at wild and that's W-Y-L-D-E, uh, W-Y-L-D-E underscore market. And they can sign up for updates and hear kind of stories about our producers and the food that they're producing. Marvellous. Everyone, that's W-Y-L-D-E dot market to head to the website um, or you'll find them on Instagram. And don't forget, if you want that 20% discount, you need to be in the UK you need to use the code masterplan and you need to do it before the end of March. We're fully rocking and rolling with the scarcity and constraint elements here. So go on a 7am on a, on a Wednesday to get your pick. Nick, Ella, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been amazing um, exploring how you're building your business and I can't wait to see how it all goes. So thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. What a fascinating business they are building. Um, I think that that element of constraint and focus and how they're seeing it play out across the business is only going to bring dividend after dividend after dividend as they as they keep growing. Um, I loved uh, the example they're saying about, you know, we did the skateboard that was that MVP option 
uh, the beginning of 2022, learned a huge amount to help them build the scooter that is the current Shopify site and to enable them to take the business to the next stage. I thought that was a was a really good way of thinking about the stages of your business. We're going to start with the skateboard, not the Ferrari, uh, and then we'll build the scooter, then we'll build the push bike and on and up we go. So I love that. And that their marketing is so focused on the customer and the experience and the story and how that all comes together, which is so on the money for what we're seeing working for people this year. Um, I, I'm sure you'll have got a lot out of that. I know I thoroughly enjoyed chatting to them. You can get the hands, your hands even, on the notes from today's show, including the top tips and links to what we've mentioned by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or just put ecmp.info forward slash whatever the number of this episode is into the URL bar and you will go straight to the correct episode page. Once you get to the website, please make sure you add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. And there's loads we've got coming up this year. So make sure you're on our list. If you liked this episode, then first off, go and check out the episode all about scarcity with Mindy Weinstein that we put live just a couple of weeks ago because Nick referred to it earlier in the episode. And I have to say it is... It's an episode that people keep talking to me about and which really builds on some of the things we've been talking about in this. So episode number 422, so 422 to go and have a look at that one. And if you want more on startups and how people are building their startups, then ecmp.info forward slash startup will take you straight to a page on the website where we list all our lovely startup episodes. Thank you for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. We really appreciate you listening. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners like you to succeed and thrive with their businesses, including progressing along the path to net zero. So if you know someone this show can help, please tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a great week and don't forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. Don't miss out. It's time you joined Chloe's e-commerce club, our free club that's all about helping you grow your e-commerce store. Join right now for free at ecmp.info forward slash club.